What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Rose 1 through 10. We're coming back at you with episode 131. Um, I guess not our season finale. I think we'll have a little bit more to talk about next week, but uh, I guess recapping a season finale for the world of outlaws and for NASCAR. So big championship weekend and a lot of news post-championship weekend that drop that we'll get into today and we'll kick it off uh Derek's here as always um and we got a special guest with us uh Chase Rodman uh our good buddy back for the first time since our post uh Knoxville recap he's with us and Derek you're gonna have uh Matt Hirschman on later we're recording that a day apart but the plans to make it all one episode I assume so we'll have that all going so Hell yeah, Chase, fresh back from Charlotte, Derek, fresh off uh, spectating from the couch just like me this past weekend, but we got a lot to talk about. Whoever wants to go first, how you boys doing tonight? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, excited to have Chase on here to kind of recap the season, um, go through the season it was, and also I said there was some big news in the spring car world that dropped today, so we can kind of touch on that and get his thoughts on that, so that would be good, but yeah, Chase, how was your trip to Charlotte? Um, the Dusty World Finals. Have you uh, gotten all the dust out of your luggage yet? Uh, yeah, I finally cleaned the rest of it out of my, my ears here yesterday when I got home. So <laughs> it took two days of Q-tips to get all the Charlotte dust out. So um, it was it was pretty cold the first few days there. We, we may have overpacked and only packed long sleeve shirts and pants slash sweatpants and so later in the week when it started to warm up I got a little too hot but um, other than that it was great great weekend there at Charlotte Uh, three really good sprint car races I feel like the first one on Thursday may have been I guess quote unquote the worst one even though it was still pretty good but Friday and Saturday were were some of the best racing we've seen in a a while and maybe the best I've seen at Charlotte personally so um, good stuff there and uh, yeah now we got till uh february for to wait for sprint cars yeah i think we had a uh, the racing's gotten a lot better there at charlotte the last couple of, i mean was it two or three years ago where we just had the fucking disaster uh that i'm thinking of was it two or three years ago i can't remember yeah. what year yeah it looked like a sandstorm yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah they made a lot of improvements there obviously still uh Still super dusty, as 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 we were joking about there. I'm I'm sure you're still cleaning out some some dirt boogers here and there, sneaking up on you. But um, but yeah, no, great weekend of racing. Um, great to cap the season off in Charlotte once again. Uh, definitely on a weekend I want to make it to. It's just uh, never lines up with my schedule every year, but it's it's on the list and not a not a terrible drive. So. Definitely on the on the list of ones I want to get to, but yeah, now we have um, now we have a few months of uh, of nothing before we get back into it. But certainly not of of no racing, I should say. Certainly with news still, but yeah. Um, so I guess we'll we'll get into the news in a little bit, and we'll start with uh the weekend that was, and then we can get kind of go through the 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 season as a whole a little bit, and and then into what we see going forward. But yeah, I guess do you guys want to start with Thursday um, and then kind of go through the weekend and chase, you know, obviously you were down there. So if you got, uh, if you got anything we missed on, uh, on TV, you can certainly jump in and, and let us know how it was down there. But Thursday we uh, 
Started off the weekend with David Gravel picking up the W over Rico Abreu. Carson Macedo completed the podium. Sweet fourth and Courtney fifth. And James McFadden was up 20 spots uh, from 26 to six as the hard charger. So, obviously some guys coming through the field. But, yeah, um, Derek, I don't know if you got to watch it. Did you enjoy it, Chase? How was it down there? What you guys think? Uh, yeah, uh, it was – you know, the feature was really good. Um, obviously, the track's got to be pretty good if a guy goes from 26 to 6 without any yellows. So, um, yeah. McFadden was definitely was rolling pretty good. And, you know, about 15, maybe 20 laps in to that race, I thought for sure that, that Brad Sweet was going to win. He was the first one to find the bottom. Um, and then when he got up to traffic, he had to move up a little bit and, uh, you know, make some different moves to get by some lap cars. And, and gravel went down there and, and kind of snookered all of them. So uh, I thought, you know, and then I think after that, it was like a 42-point gap or something going into Friday for the points championship. So uh, gravel definitely put himself in position. You know, if something were you know catastrophic were to happen to Brad that, you know, going into Friday, he, he had a chance to make it happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, one thing that was a pretty big deal I felt like was, you know, we, we qualified for both prelim nights on Wednesday. Uh, and then on the second flight, Brad and David were together. And David was quick time. And I want to say Brad was like ninth or something maybe. And then he was supposed – so then when we showed up on Friday morning or Friday afternoon, David was supposed to be on the pole of the heat race and Brad was supposed to start fifth in the heat race. And then it was like Geo, Carson, uh and then, like, two other guys that were, like, oh, Chase Randall. Like, one other guy, too, like, right in front of Brad that was, like, oh, my goodness. Like, if he – like, he's not going to pass these guys. And David's going to be in the dash, and Brad's going to be starting, like, 18th. But um, it didn't end up happening because, you know, Zeb Wise had that really bad accident on Thursday. So, he scratched for the rest of the weekend, which put Brad into a different heat race, and he started fourth. Um, and I think he ended up making the dash. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, Thursday, I just went off on a little tangent there. But, yeah, Thursday was good. Um, you know, a lot of cars in the pit area, 170 cars with the late models and the big blocks there as well. So big crowd of people. And, um, that this event is getting bigger and bigger every year. And I think it's, uh, definitely, I mean, I would, three years ago, I'd say it isn't a must see event, but I would say now it is, especially when they get the track figured out, it's great racing and you get to see three different cars, uh, in the same weekend. I was going to say, I was going to ask as a, as a follow-up to all that, did you, uh, so did you did you guys think down there in the pits and, and you to yourself, like at that point when, when Gravel got the win on Thursday, I think it actually happened while we were recording the podcast last week, if I remember now that it's uh, come back to me. But like, did you guys think at that point, like, oh, shit, we got a championship battle on our hands or was uh, was everybody down there still pretty confident Sweet was going to pull it off? And, and I mean, what about the, the team themselves? Like, did did Brad or the, the 49 team or any of those boys seem concerned at all or anything after, after gravel got that win on Thursday or was it just kind of business as usual and still a lot of confidence? Yeah. I don't think anybody was really worried at that point in time because, you know, 42 points might not sound like a lot, but I mean, that's, that's 21 positions on the racetrack. And, um, you know, the whole weekend, Brad was, I mean, he was super consistent fourth, fourth and first uh, in the three nights. And he's always consistent there at Charlotte prior to this weekend, he never had a win, but he was always in the top five and, you know, barring any kind of mechanical failure or something like that. Uh, it was going to take nothing short of a miracle for David to, to put something together. And then, you know, it was kind of crazy Saturday, you know, 
I mean, even after David had finished behind Brad on Friday, Saturday, David blows a motor in the heat race and, and all kinds of crazy stuff happened. And he had to go to the B main and had to charge up through the field and all that stuff. So uh, if that would have happened to Brad, if you would have blown a motor or something on Friday and had to start towards the tail, I think that those spirits and the uh, confidence may have went away from uh, Brad and his team. But, you know, 42 points is, is a lot. And, and they, they know they're not going to run worse than eighth place, you know, every night, even with the caliber of field that was there uh, that weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say that they they never really were worried uh, about anything because they've just been so solid all year. Yeah, I think uh, after Thursday night, I mean, Gre- Greville had to pass Sweet for the win. Um, and, and Sweet still finished fourth. Um, like you said, it, it was like 42 points or whatever. And I think going ahead, obviously, that gave hope to, to Gravel. But I think everyone knew something would still have to go wrong for Sweet for him to really have a chance at it um, heading into Friday night. So, yeah, hey, you can't you can't really rely on somebody having a problem. That team no, is you way, cannot. Too, way too consistent. I think it's like they've not they've DNF'd one race in like the last two or three years. Um it's it's an incredible stat. So they it's, they uh even when they do have an issue, that team finds a way to work on the car and get it back out there running. Yeah, they they um didn't have any DNFs this year. Um and they probably should have had one for sure at Devil's Bowl. Uh but they were able to get him back out there and somehow he finished seventh or eighth or something in that one. So um, but yeah, that was Thursday. I mean, I guess I'll just roll in and, and talk about Friday. Friday was quite interesting because, you know, there was no outlaws in the dash. It was all, you know, either posse guys, Knoxville guys, uh, you know, Rico was in there. So an invader or two, a couple all-star guys were in there too. So, uh, yeah. And then David, you know, really even screwed himself even more on Friday. He, he was on the pole, of the heat race and by the time he came off turn two on the first lap, he was in third and didn't make the dash, um, and neither did Brad. So that was another opportunity where David could have potentially closed in, but just couldn't make it happen. So, um, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess we can move into Friday. I, I'm I'm not the host of the show, but uh, that's kind of the direction it seems like we're heading. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Coming. You can steer the ship. You could you can steer the ship, man. <laughs> you were down there, so you got it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the it was you knew that it was going to be maybe a surprise winner or a, or an interesting race with no outlaws up there in the top eight. So, and it, and it did turn into that, you know, Brent Marks and Rico, I think it was, or you know, it was Brent Marks and Tyler Courtney. Oh, Justin Peck. That was, yep, that was a, yeah. Peck and Courtney. Yeah. They, they um, really gave him a run for his money. And then, you know, I thought Peck was finally going to get that first win of his career with the outlaws out of the way and came up maybe two and a, two car length short, a car length and a half short. Uh, and uh, was, you know, able to come, come home in second, but man, that was a great battle. And there was a good story there too, with, with Peck trying to win his first and especially after the terrible year he's had, uh, it would have been a great way to, to go out in 2023 with his first outlaw win. Definitely. Uh, yeah. You look at the top three there, it almost looks like a all-stars event with, uh, Brent Marks picking up the win, Justin Peck second, Courtney third. Uh, then your first regular outlaw, Brad Sweet up seven spots to fourth from 11th. So, yeah, definitely interesting uh, podium there. And, and like you said, Gravel, he uh, didn't have the best starting position, started ninth, but worked his way up to sixth, um, sixth place finished. And, and like I said, still heading into Saturday, needed something to go wrong for Sweet. Um 
but still kept it interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we had 80, I think 81 races was the total number that we actually ran. And it was still mathematically possible for uh, David to win the championship in the last race. I mean, Brad had to finish 22nd and David would have to win, uh, but it was still possible to happen after 81 races. So uh, hopefully the outlaws don't steer the way of Lucas Oil and do some dumb champion or playoff deal with rounds and whatnot. So. Uh, because it proved right there that you don't need that to still have it close. I mean, yeah, it's crazy, though. It feels like just this year, the last couple of years, I'd love it personally. For, for I'm, I'm team chaos for everything. So, <laughs> um, But, but no, um, it, it feels like every year it's kind of crazy when you look at it. It's like the last few years it feels like if, if, if you just get like one bounce to go like David's way during, you know, our – 81 race season like you say and you know it, it seems like every year he's just kind of been like one bounce short like you know he comes in like you know 40 50 points behind I don't remember like every year what the gaps been like going in there but it feels like every year it's like you kind of look at it and it's like you kind of flip one result around it, it could have been a whole lot more interesting not that it wasn't interesting now but like every year we get there and it's to that point where it's like all right as long as Brad keeps the shit together and doesn't implode here. They're going to get it done. Yeah, I think if you look at the numbers, uh, David had statistically the better numbers with top fives and top tens. So I think they were tied in wins. Um, but David had three, I think, two or three DNFs. And three of them, or two of them came in like three races or something. So you take one of those DNFs out, and we're talking, you know, maybe a 20-point gap going into Charlotte, you know. So – um, it's crazy how close he's been last year. I think he came into the, the final weekend, 16 points behind Brad. And what's crazy also is Brad won five championships now, and none of them has he won by more than a hundred points, which mm. was like, you know, the normal thing when Donnie was on his run, it was like always over a hundred points. So, uh, it's been close the last five years in a row. Definitely. And it's, it's like, was it, uh, last year, or the year before last, one of those years, I'm bad at remembering my years here, but it's like one of those years Brad only won, what, two, three races during the year? Yeah, last year um, he only won five, I think, or four. Okay. Maybe. But um, he was still, yeah. That, yeah. And that's, that, that was crazy because that was like, now that I'm like thinking about it more and, and you bring that up, it's like, it was kind of like the story of the year. It's like, what's wrong with Brad? Like, when are they going to get it together? And then like through all that, it's like they still won the championship and, and got it done, and it's just like it goes to show just just how strong and and how resilient that team is, and it's just like that that team does not make mistakes. It's like there's a reason they're the five time defending champions. Now it's they're they're the most consistent team week in and week out. You know they're going to maximize their their day. You know they're not going to make stupid mistakes and get themselves in trouble. That's just that's been their mo, and that's not what they they do as 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 a team, and that's why they they've been in the position they're in every single year. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, the other thing that's crazy is, like, no mechanical failures, like, ever. I mean, all year they didn't have a DNF. They had one last year, Mm -hmm. and it was one mechanical problem. The axle broke in half on the rear end. You know, that was, like, their only thing. And then the year before that, they – actually, it was 21. Okay, I don't remember. 2020, though, I remember, was my first year, and there was, like, 
three races in a row where he DNF'd. And then, like, ever since then, it's been, like, very rarely that it happens, you know. So, uh, they've definitely got their shit together. That's for sure when it comes to the car and, and getting it and, you know, the maintenance and, and all that kind of stuff. And Brad doesn't put himself in bad spots. So I think well, I, I said this to you at one point last year when you were on here. Like, when's the last time you've seen Brad Sweet in, in a B-Main? Oh, um, man, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's only <laughs> – I think he was in the B-Main, like, once all year. Maybe twice. I can't yeah, remember it just, it that, though. It just doesn't happen. And it's like yeah. every other guy in the field, like even the, the fastest teams, it's like they have off weeks and we'll see them in a B-main sometimes, like racing their way in and having to come from the back. And it's just like the Brad's in the 49 team, they just don't get themselves in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I think you just teed it up perfect to transition to Saturday. I mean – we we just talk about how resilient the forty nine team is, and uh, I mean, all they had to do heading into Saturday was finish twenty second or better. They could have put it on cruise control, but uh, they didn't. That's not what that team's about. I mean, they went out and uh, believe they set fast time in qualifying, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, he started on the front row of the the uh, feature there and uh, fell back to second, but. Or started, sorry, took the lead though, but late. And you talked about uh, teams falling and going to the B main. Uh, you had David Gravel, who needed to win the race, obviously. He was in the B main, won the B main, um, and then made some noise in the A main there, up 14 spots from 21st to 7th. So that was definitely fun to watch. Um, but yeah, 49 team just taking care of business, business as usual for them. Yeah, and uh, that was the third night in a row without a single caution in the feature. That was pretty crazy to see that there was not a yellow in the feature all week. Um, and there you still had guys coming through the field like David, like like Donnie on Friday and, and McFadden on Thursday. So, uh, But, yeah, what a great race that was. Um, I mean, it was the two extremes. I mean, you had Rico up there, you know, uh, pounding as hard as he could, trying to, you know, sell some T-shirts. And then you had Brad down the bottom just trying to pay the tire bill as we like to say, and uh, I I love – I mean, it's cool watching a guy run a cushion really good, but for some reason I, I love watching a guy that can that hits the bottom really good lap after lap and is able to make ground and grabs the moisture on the straightaway on the bottom and is just able to make it work around there and keeping it straight and smooth and, and kind of slow. Um, and it's crazy to think that it works at Charlotte when the top is just so fast. It's, so, it's pretty banked. Um, but, man, Brad literally put on – a driving clinic. I feel like that, that was the perfect way to run the bottom of that racetrack and people should like make a video of it and sell it to people like <laughs> sell it to kids. Like, Hey, this is how you're supposed to run the bottom of the track right here. Like a tutorial, put it in iRacing or something. Exactly. <laughs> like, yep. like, like, like if, if you first start or like if they make another world of outlaws video game, just follow the ghost car around. Yes, I agree. Uh, hopefully they had onboards that I deal foot camera the whole deal for sure um but yeah i mean so obviously like you know brad's come here to charlotte a lot like like you say like just just trying to make sure he, he clicks off a good finish and gets what he needs to get and to take home the championship and it's so i mean he really hasn't been in a position where he's like had to go here and win the race and he didn't need to win the race this weekend but you know i guess he felt comfortable enough with with where he was that he didn't have a problem, you know, getting aggressive and going for it. So, 
Um, yeah, I think he, he knew the circumstances that he. I mean, the the chances of him wrecking or or having a problem with with David's scenario, like I feel like he kind of knew that, you know, he had not much to lose, and uh, he had never won at Charlotte before, so he's finally able to do that. And what a way to do it! You know, the walk off, win the race, win the championship. You can tell just how excited he was. He did the full wing dance, which he never does anymore. Um, he was pretty excited, so. It was cool to see that. You know, sometimes you get tired of seeing Brad win, but when it's a story like that, uh, it still gets you pretty pretty excited. Right on. Um, Sorry, I'm going through something. I'm trying to find what channel this uh, basketball game is on as we speak, so I'm a little uh, stuttering what, as we uh, go through here. But. What were your thoughts on the season as a whole there, Chase? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great season. Um, we had almost, I think we had 19 different winners, which is uh, pretty crazy. You know, we we should have had 20 probably two or three times. We should have had at least one more guy win a race. But uh, 19 different winners is, is definitely impressive. Um, obviously, the championship came down uh, to the last race. Like, that's what you hope to see. Yep. Um, some great moments throughout the Throughout the uh, year, you know, obviously uh, Donnie winning at Kings Royal after struggling all year. That was a pretty big moment. A um, couple guys getting their first ever World of Outlaws wins. Uh, glad to be a part of those moments. Like Zeb Wise, that was pretty cool to uh, see that happen. Um, there was some other guys in there, too, that got their first wins. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was just so much good racing. I mean, I feel like I'd say about 80% of the time, 85% of the time, we had a pretty good race. You know, sometimes the track wouldn't be that good and the race wouldn't be very good, you know, because of that. But 85 percent of the time, uh, the outlaws were were put on a good show. And I mean, even sometimes when the track was bad or we'd have a weird moment, like I don't know if you guys remember Lakeside when we were there till midnight because they watered the track too much. And, mm-hmm. they, and it took forever to run it in. I mean, at that point in time, everybody was just like, dude, this is going to be a joke. And sure enough, the best drivers in the world were still able to put on a good race. Donnie shots, last corner pass to get by David Gravel. Um, so it's, um, I don't know, it's it's crazy to watch these guys do what they do every single night. And uh, well, next year, man, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, it's, it's certainly going to be uh, pretty fun to pay attention to here over the next couple months. No doubt. Uh, and you mentioned Uh-oh. you guys got 81 races out of 90-some events that were scheduled. So uh majority of the races get in, obviously. So that's a, a great thing for you guys. Um, yeah, I think there was only six or seven rainouts, somebody said, or something like that. Which it felt like more, but I guess it was only seven rainouts. Nice. Yeah, it's not there's a, there's a There's a couple guys I personally wanted to give a shout-out to that, like, at the end of the year, I thought were – Super fun and, and super entertaining to uh to watch. Uh, but Justin Sanders is the first one. I mean, the speed he that he had in these Outlaws races at at the end of the year. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, you can tell me if if I was sleeping on him. I don't. I don't try to come on here and act like like I'm an expert or anything. I'm I'm just a guy giving opinions. But to me, it was just so surprising the speed had and he had in a lot of those races. I don't believe he ended up getting a win. But man, he was. He was banging the door down and in contention in a lot of those, and I thought he was super fun to watch and follow. And if he runs some more races and gets out there with them more next year, he's going to be super fun to, to to follow and see what he can do. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he was good in two different cars too. He ran that Ma- the Macri car, and then he ran the the two X car in California. And 
he had top fives, top tens. I mean, second place finish at the Gold Cup, second place on his prelim night. Uh, he had a lot of good moments throughout the year. Went to a lot of tracks in the Midwest he'd never been to and, and had success. Um, so I really hope that, you know, people took notice of him. Obviously, Macri's did, or else they wouldn't put him in the car. But hopefully somebody else does and is able to get something going for him out in the Midwest or on a tour of some kind because he's got the talent uh, for sure. It's just doesn't have the funding, doesn't have the – the team out in California doesn't have that kind of the resources to go do a full-time deal like that. So he definitely is deserving. He's definitely fast enough and, and proving that. So I feel like there's a lot of stock right now. People can be taking a lot of stock in Justin Sanders. Uh, obviously Corey days, uh, you know, probably the main guy out there, but Justin's probably not too far behind. He's a little bit, a little bit older, obviously, but uh, he can definitely get the job done. I was going to say, you took the words out of my mouth. Cause that's the, yeah, that's the next guy I was going to bring up. Obviously he got the gold cup win. And ended up on a lot of people's radars, man. But have to be impressed by what Corey Day was able to do. Um, like I say, he got that. Like I said, he got that Gold Cup win and just just a ton of speed at the end of the year. Um, he was awesome to follow, and it, it, yeah, like another guy can be really fun to see what the future holds and and where he ends up and and what he ends up doing. But definitely a guy with a ton of potential that I think a lot of people are going to be excited to to see more from. Yeah, he probably should have had three or four wins, to be honest. I mean, he was second at Skagit. He had that race with Brad at Hanford when he ran to the back of him, trying to pass him for the lead. Um, we're just scratching the surface with him right now. You know, I think uh, hopefully within the next year or two, maybe three, that he's uh, with the Outlaws or with somebody full-time and, and running, a, running a full tour to see his, his true potential and get him out to some new tracks, get him out of his comfort zone a little bit. Um, because uh, he – I mean, at this point in time, and people are looking to him as a future, you know, future superstar with with the World of Outlaws. Him, Chase Randall, Buddy Kofoid, uh, a couple other guys here and there that uh, are at the top of that list. So, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like he might go the NASCAR route, though. I heard something about him and really? Larson hanging out in Charlotte or something, and Larson was taking him to the Chevy stuff or something, oh. hanging out with Chevy people or something. So, wow. Interesting. Wow. We'll yeah, but... if anything comes of that, you know, or if he goes the the route that Geo did, you know, Geo had the full blown, the, the full blown, you know, Arca deal or whatever it was called, and he didn't like it, man. He 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 didn't like it. He want he went right back to sprint cars, and now he's a full time outlaw guy, and he's and he's loving life. So I don't know if that's gonna be I, a forty day thing, but you know, we'll see. I think that was just a chase bomb, the guy right there. I don't think I have not heard that anywhere. I've, um, yeah, you might, yeah, yeah, you might have just dropped a. Uh, inter- a super interesting tidbit. There, I appreciate. Yeah, it. that that's that's completely news to me, man. And that that'd be super interesting to follow and, and see what comes of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what exactly it all entails, you know, but I just know that there was something going on there between him and and Kyle or something. So uh, obviously, we haven't seen anything about him getting in a car of any kind on the pavement, but uh, sounds like there might be some talking of it. Nice, interesting. Well, we will, we will keep up with that. Um, another, we're talking about first-time winners this year. Another guy I don't think either of you mentioned I wanted to give a shout to, I believe, uh, is back in May at Tri-State. We saw Brady Bacon get his first career Outlaws win. Um, so, shout-out to him. I know he's been uh, he's been killing it with uh, midgets or, or non-wings. Sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe his background is in midgets, correct, for the uh, most part. 
Yeah, I would say mostly he's like a three or four, maybe five time USAC sprint car champion. So non wing sprint okay. cars, but yeah, he does have a lot of engine experience too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was his first outlaw win uh, back in May. So, shout out to him. Like you said, another first time winner. We saw. Uh, I was just thinking off the top of my head, all the guys who got those this year, and he was one. I don't think we mentioned that. I wanted to give that shout too, but yeah. Um. Yeah, super fun season. I, I can say from my perspective, I think Derek feels the same way. We we both kind of slacked off with uh, just getting caught up with other things and weren't able to catch as many races as we uh, have in years past and, and wanted to this year. But uh, certainly was not was not from like a lack of not caring or anything, and we were still keeping up and making sure we kept tabs on everything. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll ramp it back up next year and try to get back to where we were, but that's just a, a personal fault on myself that I will, uh, I'll admit there, but luckily we have you to come on here and, and keep everybody updated and show <laughs> that we do still care. It's a lot, man. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on out there to, to try and pay attention to, you know, um, trying <clears throat> to do 80 races a year, then trying to follow up with, with hockey, trying to you know keep up with my girlfriend over here, trying to keep up with my cats, trying to keep up with my family. All the stuff goes on. It's a lot, man. So yeah. Um, and now we got two full touring series to keep up yeah, with next year. So it'll get even easier. Exactly. <laughs> man, we don't, um, we don't really live in a really a hotbed of sprint car racing where we're at. So I don't think either of us have any sprint car. I mean, I guess you get a little bit there at Talladega, Travis, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hope they come we're, back. We're not we're year. not much of a hotbed for sprint car racing, so we got to travel for it. And unfortunately, my schedule didn't line up with any of the outlaw events in Pennsylvania this year. But hopefully next year we can make something work out. And yeah, I'll be back at Williams Grove and maybe Port Royal. So, but yeah, I I'll think uh, I'll tell you as like we're we're talking about next year real quick and going to races and stuff. I did want to bring up uh, Chase. I'm sure you didn't get like. I am super excited, and I've, I'm already saying, like, July 4th next weekend – or July 4th weekend next year, I, I want to be in uh, Pennsboro and go see that. And I just saw the Outlaws announce today that they're taking July 4th weekend off next year, and I don't know if there's any correlation between that event and the Outlaws deciding to do that, but that'll be the second installment of the racetrack revival, like the same people who got North Wilkesboro back going are doing that at uh, Pennsboro Speedway in West Virginia. Uh, great Lost Speedway episode Dale Jr. did there a couple years ago. So um, that's personally something next year that I'm looking forward to. And, yeah, like I said, with the Outlaws announcing they're taking that weekend off next year, I don't know if it, if it correlates with that or it's just uh, coincidence. But either way, super excited for that. Yeah, I think they took July 4th off. I was listening to some earlier with Brian Carter. He was on Wing Nation, and he said that because of the leap year, I guess there was an extra weekend or something, maybe. And uh, you know, and then on top of that, all the, a lot of the drivers were just asking for a weekend off in the season. So uh, that was how it worked out with the leap year plus the drivers um, suggesting that. So that was, uh, I think it's a good change. Obviously, uh, eighty races or whatever, man. It's it's good to have a weekend off every now and again. Um, definitely. Yeah. But hopefully we see some of those guys show up and go race there in, in, uh, Pensboro. Yeah. Like I said, that's just like things I'm looking forward to in the sprint car world next year, man. That's, 
that's number one on my list. That won't be the first weekend that place is back open, but you have to imagine that'll be the biggest one for sure. So that's a dirt track? I, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, if you yeah. – uh, there's a Lost Speedway episode on Peacock you can check out. It's actually a really cool racetrack. Okay. It's okay. like up on a hill. It's like up on a hill in West Virginia, like in the mountains. And it's like all like the seating. It's like there's, there's a, like a big like creek that runs through it. And it's got, got bridges, but I don't they're not racing over the bridge part. They're building like a new track inside of that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It's definitely a cool little racetrack with a lot of history. Um and, and the town bought it back and they're finally gonna bring a race back to it. So Definitely a cool story to follow. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, without further ado, we can get into the big news of the day. Um, Travis, you kinda, we've kind of hinted at it this whole time. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say, Brad, sorry, to cut, I, I, I had the line that I was preparing for this one. I wanted to make sure I got it in. It Brad in. Sweet is the five-time defending World of Outlaws champion. He will not be the six-time defending World of Outlaws champion. That run's going to come to an end next year. He certainly will not be the <laughs> champion again. Um, but isn't it crazy to be at the top, the height of your powers, the top of your game, and just leave? I feel like that's just crazy. Crazy yeah, to me. Definitely is, man. It's uh, it feels like a shift um, in the sprint car world. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, like I said we saw last year that the outlaws were kind of limiting these guys to how many races they could run. Um, without losing their, their points fund. Um, so, yeah, it's just – obviously, they're putting up a lot of money. Um, it's, I believe over – yeah, over $5 million in prize money throughout the year. Um, they're going to have a couple different series, a weekly weekly money series, a midweek money series or something, and then uh, a full-length season as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of big news dropping today. Uh, I think everybody's still digesting it, but – Certainly awesome to get your thoughts on it, Chase. Yeah, I, I mean, if you ask everybody on Twitter and Facebook, man, it's the end of the Outlaws. The Outlaws are done. They might as well not even show up to Volusia next year. And, <laughs> uh, the end of a dynasty, 1978 to 2023. That's it. <laughs> Put it on ahead. They're going to need to find a big pile of money somewhere. I will say that. Like, that's, that's my one concern with the Outlaws. All the money the high limits are putting up, I hope uh, – the outlaws maybe find a, a big like we saw with PGA. Like we've made the PGA live comparison a lot. Remember when Live first came in and the PGA suddenly finds this big pile of money that was hiding that yeah. came from out of nowhere as soon as Live comes in. Uh, wonder if we're going to see something similar to that with the outlaws. Well, I mean, we are. Uh, that I mean, that's that's it, plain and simple. I mean, we saw. I think they posted today. High limit champion is going to get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I think. Yep. Uh, and you know, if you compare that to the Outlaws, I mean, the Outlaws is three hundred fifty thousand. You know, it's a hundred thousand more to win. Um, the, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that, or I heard, or I saw that fifth place in, in high limit points pays eighty thousand. Right? Guess how much it pays to run tenth on points of the Outlaws? It pays eighty-seven thousand five hundred. So. Oh wow! I don't know. People, and that's what people don't really realize. They they don't understand, and that was implemented. That was implemented last year. Uh, this points deal, right? So now, now I, I hear that the the big deal is the outlaws are putting twenty percent more money into the nightly purse. So it's going to pay for a standard outlaw race. It'll pay twelve thousand to win. 
and twelve hundred to start, obviously up from ten thousand and a thousand. Um, and what I think other and what people are also kind of confused about is they think that the fifty race schedule, all of them are going to pay over twenty thousand to win, which is just not the case. And like high limit hasn't like come out and said, oh yeah, our purses are going to be the exact same as the outlaws, like for these for these other races, right? Obviously, they're going to have some marquee events uh, like Skagit, like Gold Cup, um, and they're going to have the midweek stuff, which pays good. But for their regular Friday and Saturday shows, it's not going to be much different than the Outlaws at all. And I think all the boomers on Facebook, they all think it's going to be, oh, man, the Outlaws are done. It's going to pay 50000 to win every Friday and Saturday with High Limit. Um, <laughs> and, and then you listen to the points or the, the uh, tow money. So I, I guess the owners meeting at, with the outlaws at Charlotte went down and all the platinum teams from this year, when they re-signed the platinum agreement before a certain date, the tow money for each and every race goes from $500 to $1,000 for every race. I mean, unless it's a two-day show at the same track. So if we race Williams Grove twice, one night it's 1000 and the next night it's 500 because you're not towing anywhere. Right. But if we towed to two different tracks, 1000 bucks. You know, compared to high limit, I want to say theirs was at most it was either eight hundred or six hundred, right? So I don't know, man. Uh, obviously, you get the you get to race wherever you want with high limit, mm-hmm. um, and people bring that up a lot that the outlaws hold their drivers hostage; they they don't let them race anywhere. Well, here's the thing, man. If they don't want to run, if they want to run other races, then don't sign the contract to be a full time World of Outlaws driver. It's that simple. And people don't get it. Like, oh man, they're just Donnie Schatz is not allowed to race anywhere else because the outlaws are they got him handcuffed, this and that. Well, Donnie Schatz signs a piece of paper before every season saying that that is what he's going to do, mm-hmm. you know. And and I keep bringing up all the boomers, but that's just what it is, man. I wish they could all hear me talking right now because they'd be like, oh, oh, now I get it. Oh, that makes more sense. Or they just tell me I'm wrong. That's <laughs> also how it works. So. Sorry, that was a little bit of a rant there. No, Side no, note about that's exactly why it's great to have you on here and give your opinion on things. I, I did want to ask real quick. You brought up Donnie, like side note, real quick, completely unrelated to what we're talking about. But was there? I didn't even know like there was like stuff potentially leaving Tony Stewart. Was was there like any validity to that? Like was that actually close to happening or? Well, I mean, um, I, I've heard the same stuff that you have, obviously, but. Um, and who knows, it might, and I have no insider information, but it, I haven't heard anything that it is or it isn't like if he is staying or if he's not staying, but there, I saw he's staying that I saw, he, I saw last week a report that, that he's, he's locked in. He said, he's not going anywhere. Um, but that's, and that's like, that's what brought me to ask. Like, and I mean, maybe you've heard something different. I can't remember where I saw it from. It might have been uh, always race day or whatever that account is. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to. He said he was all in, right? He said that he was all in. He's not going, like him personally, that he doesn't want to go anywhere. But it's up to the team, like Tony Stewart, like if he wants him to be back. I think that's kind of more, more where it's at, right? Um, but I can say even if Donnie isn't with TSR next year, he will 100% be on the Outlaw Tour. There, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So uh, that so, part, so I there think is, but, here, but I'm not sure. Okay, so there is potential we might see that. That's 
that's interesting to note. Like I said, I saw that last week, and I didn't even know those rumors were out there. And it was like, like saying like, oh, rumors, like something about. And I was like, these rumors are are news to me. Like this is the first I'm hearing it. That's why I wanted to ask. Right. Yeah. Um, man, that would be insane. That if if Donnie's not driving that 15 car next year, I I can't even imagine a world where that's not the case. It would just add um, to the craziness that is this off season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, back to the, obviously the subject at hand, what, uh, what everybody who's going to listen to this wants to hear about. Um, so do you, do you think we're, we're going to see the, the big divide that a lot of people are speculating? Like you, obviously we know Brad, it sounds like Brad's jumping ship. That's all but confirmed. Um, do you, do you think we're going to see a decent amount of guys jumping ship? I mean, I have to imagine Casey's going to be another full-time outlaw that's probably just about a guarantee to run over there. Um, everybody else, I, I'm not sure. I don't know which, which you've heard, what you think um, personally, but do you, do you think we're going to see a lot of ship jumping or, or, or what do you, how do you see it playing out going into next year? I guys, I don't see much movement at all. I mean, Casey Kane wasn't even, I mean, he started the year out, but he didn't even run more than 20 races. Right. So he wasn't even a full-time outlaw for the last three quarters of the season. So I guarantee you though, he will be full-time high limit, but we cannot count him as a full outlaw because he did not finish the season. Right. But Brad Sweet, obviously a hundred percent is going. And honestly, I think we'll see one, maybe two guys that are on the outlaw tour right now that will go and that's it. Everybody else is going to stay. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. There's a Brian Carter saying, and all this extra toe money they're throwing out there and, you know, and there's going to be, he said something about potentially $600,000 to win races and a couple other ones that are close to a hundred thousand to win. Um, so the what the two I think that may leave are, are Spencer Basin and I, and it's not a hundred percent guaranteed, uh, or and uh, Brock Foss. I think those are really the two guys that are the what only about, potentials. What about Sheldon? Obviously, Ricky Stenhouse has a close relationship with Kyle Larson and those guys over there. Uh, do you see Sheldon? Because I've seen some stuff about him and just like predictions wise, like him being a name thrown around a lot for it. Uh, do you see him as a guy, a guy who can make the jump, or do you see him staying with the Outlaws? Yeah, I could see him as a potential. Um, obviously, there's going to be a NOS Energy Drink sponsored car running the Outlaw Tour for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, so if it's not him, then it's going to be Tyler Courtney. So it's either Tyler Courtney's coming to the Outlaws and Sheldon leaves or Sheldon stays and maybe Tyler Courtney still comes over, right? Because that's where he wants to be. Tyler Courtney wants to be a, a worldwide <laughs> driver. You know, so that Sheldon is a maiden. You know, but now, yeah. Now, does Tyler Courtney still get in, like, I guess, like Zeb in this case now? Do they, like, and I don't know if this is part of the announcement, do they still get their, like, former champion money for, like, showing up with high limits now that they've merged, or is that kind of, like, off the table? Like, is, is a, there any is there anything there with that? That's a good question, you know. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Uh, but I would think they would maybe – I think they would uh, pay that out to Zeb, I would think. Yeah. Um, if you want, the, want him over there. Going. Yeah, obviously Zeb's going. I mean, they've got the race routine race is one of their – they announced that today. They're going to Skagit. That's, that's Kevin Rudine's track. 
Um, and you know, I another thing that's crazy is the the money for the champion with Brad with the Outlaws. It was all Brad did is he walked through the gate of an outlaw race and he made a thousand bucks for being the past champion and just showing up, you know. And now he's not going to have that anymore. I mean, it's a thousand bucks to a guy that just won three hundred fifty thousand, you know. But still, yeah, still that's eighty one thousand uh, dollars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just for so, showing up. So just for showing up. No, I yeah. mean, like you said, I I don't see it being too big of a shift. Um, like I said, maybe this is just. I mean, obviously we've had two two series for quite some time now and i mean if anything i just see this as maybe kind of boosting that that second series up a little bit um i think it's still overall a good thing for the growth of the sport of sprint car racing yeah i mean it's i don't know you you it's i keep bringing up the facebook but man i'll tell you what you guys got to go on there and just read some of the comments it just <laughs> blows my mind and i type out like eight comments a day and i just delete them i say it's just not even worth it um but uh you ask anybody on Facebook, and every outlaw guy is leaving, and they're going. Do they, I love it. Do they, do they like you on there? Like, do, do do you do? Are there are there a lot of chase haters on there, or uh, are they a fan of your work? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a, a mixture of both, maybe. Um, which is fine. You know, I I learned a long time ago in my position that you're not going to please everybody. Not everybody's going to like your style. Obviously, Johnny Gibson is the most polarizing announcer of all time. I, 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 to me, he had, like he wasn't even polarizing to like the last month, and then I've like I suddenly started seeing like a lot of like, man, I'm fucking sick of Johnny Gibson. Like I've seen a lot of that shit, and like it's like and, and I've, it, it's like the the like the the pack like mentality that people have, where like somebody hears one person say something, and then suddenly it's like a talking point that everybody wants to repeat. Well, <laughs> like, and that I, goes that goes along with other things too. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, lost you there for a second. Right, people say I saw one said today. Yeah, the outlaws are going down. The all stars were the way better series with the better drivers and the better racing and this and that. It's like, dude, fundamentally that is just completely incorrect. <laughs> You're just saying that because you just don't like the world outlaws for some reason. Yeah. Why I don't get it. Like, why do you guys just? Not I don't think the all stars themselves like even thought of themselves that way, dude. I, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> there wasn't a single driver that even ran every race with the all stars this year. How are they the best? Yeah. They're not. They're exactly. Not. Yeah, that's why I see this. Yeah. Is just them. This the second series getting boosted up a little bit, which is I think a good thing for the sport. More eyeballs on the sport. Oh, that's the big deal. Is the more eyeballs for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously uh, it was announced in the the press release that they'll have two races with NASCAR events uh, with the high limits, which is we've been saying on here for years that that they need to try to get more sprint car races uh, connected with the NASCAR races. I used to love when uh, the World Outlaws was at Charlotte during a Memorial Day weekend um, for the Coca-Cola 600. That was awesome. Um, so, yeah, just that was actually my first experience with for the World Outlaws. So, had it not we'll been see, it that. works. That's what I'm saying. It, it, had it not been for that, I probably wouldn't have been to a World Outlaws race for a while. So, Yeah, yeah I like that. That's a good um, job by them, I will say. That's a good job to schedule some races near near NASCAR stuff. Yeah, I think they're really, their championship. Really any racing, you know, any kind of racing, any local racing. You know, big local race like we see this weekend. You got late model stocks um, down in Hickory. So if you had, you know, if it's a World Outlaws were pushed back 
one weekend, you'd have a lot of industry folks or people fans maybe going over there for that as well. So, right. I mean, like, and you see, uh, I believe their finale is Texas Motor Speedway dirt track. That's uh, one of the two. So yeah, that's that's a uh, that's interesting, and yeah, I think that's good too. That's fun. Um, obviously, we love that because it's two series that we talk and care a lot about and watch. So yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. Would love to. See, oh my god, I'm dying here. Would love to see the Outlaws do more of that for sure. Uh, I guess if there's one scheduling wish, but. All right. Well. Well. Yeah, we've been going here for forty some minutes, so we'll let. Any uh, parting shots? Any the what? Any any parting shots for you before uh, before we let you go and wrap it up? Man, I don't know. I just uh, you know I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. You know who leaves, who stays, what's the schedules look like, um, who who goes to what car. I mean. This is going to be one of the busiest off seasons of all time. And I mean, at least in a very long time uh, in sprint car racing. So uh, like you said, there's a lot of eyeballs that are going to be on this deal next year, whether it's the outlaws or whether it's high limit, but it all matters. It's all on sprint car racing, all these extra eyeballs. So yep. uh, that's a big deal. Help growing it, help getting it to more people, make it more mainstream. Um, so yeah, it's, 2024 is shaping up to be maybe one of the most important uh, for this for the 410 sprint car landscape coming up here. I'll ask you one more question before we let you go. Uh, what is one track that you hope to see on the World of Outlaws schedule in 2024? Um, well, uh, that we haven't already gone to, I should, or like aren't currently going to. I'll say. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I got one. I don't know if you guys will know what it is, but uh, it's Red Dirt Raceway in Oklahoma. You ever heard of it? I have not. I have not. Okay. Well, I urge you to go, and this is because the All-Stars are the best, okay? Go to YouTube and type <laughs> in All-Stars at Red Dirt Raceway and okay. watch the highlights. It, it is unbelievable. It is one of the, it is the most underrated track in the country. The only problem is they only can seat like 50, 55 people, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, red dirt raceway would be it. And you're probably wondering, probably thinking some other track, right? But if you truly go watch that YouTube, you'd be like, wow, the outlaws need to go there. So go watch that video. All right. Do your homework kids. There you go. I was, for what it's worth, I was thinking about, uh, Eagle Speedway, man, that, that high limits racer earlier this year is one of my favorite races of the year. I'd love to see the, uh, see the outlaws end up there. I don't know what the whole situation is now with like, the two series, if, if they'll be able to share racetracks and, and, and play nice as far as that goes. But I, I would love to see the Outlaws hit hit Eagle next year. Yeah, the Outlaws used to go there, and I don't know what happened. That was before my time, and then started going to I-80 instead. But now that place shut down, and now the Outlaws don't go near Nebraska. So um, that would be cool if it ended up on there, but I doubt it with the, with, you know, the announcement today. That would be pretty impressive if the Outlaws did go there. <laughs> How's the, the Kenny Chesney? Can't we all just get along? That's yeah. I think that's how I, I like. I I'd love to see both series make each other better and just like it's kind of the same with like wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan at all or anybody is, it's like with like the WWE AEW stuff. It's like can't we just all like you know enjoy like wrestling and make you know let these two companies push each other and make each other better, which they have, and it's like. I feel the same way with the two racing series. It's like 
let's eventually all I hope everybody can be adults and we can stop the the pissing matches and just let these two great series make each other better. Hundred percent agree with that. We'll go back to the wrestling thing real quick. There's nothing I love more than sitting down on the couch and watching two guys act out on the stage. So it's pretty good. <laughs> That's one of our buddies on the road is a big wrestling guy and my other uh, co-worker, we just make fun of him all the time. He's he's always like he's like, Man, what a crazy, you know, move or something like that. And, he, and my buddy's like yeah, they're doing some really good acting out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a big wrestling guy. I'm a big wrestling guy myself, so it it, it works with the the reference there. I just got my uh, tickets to the Royal Rumble. Oh boy! Uh, in come January, so yeah. Oh, no, I was gonna say some of those are impressive. It is impressive. Table, ladder, chair, match. All of, I mean, I hear about it all the time. <laughs> all right, oh, man. Yeah, man. We always appreciate you stopping by here. It's always fun chatting with you. I think uh, we always have a good time with it. So appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And I say we couldn't ask for a better day with the, the bombshell news dropping today. I mean, obviously, we kind of knew it was coming. But uh, with the, the announcement today, it was definitely perfect timing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And maybe we'll do it again uh, when February rolls around. Oh, I, I forgot to go. I forgot to go back and listen to our uh preseason predictions i'll have to go back and get those and maybe i can throw a tweet up like when i tweet the podcast and see our results on that um see how yeah I was, I, was, I, I was planning on doing that today i know i remember me and you did it when i was at work and <laughs> we had, i had the, the the planes flying over oh uh, yeah i remember that too, yeah. yeah um so yeah i'll have to go back and, and and find those and like i said I'll, I'll i'll throw it up with a tweet and give our uh end results but Hell yeah, man. Like I said, like Derek said, like we said, man, you've been great to us for the last few years. We've enjoyed getting to talk to you and getting to know you. Uh, great friend to us, man, and can't wait to uh, talk to you again next year when we get rent back up come February. Sounds like a plan, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it, as always, and uh, we'll talk to you then. See ya. Yes, See ya. yes sir. Enjoy your off season. Thanks. About to spit it. <laughs> All right. We thank Chase for joining us. Yo, uh, Trevi great on the track. <laughs> Freestyle. <laughs> Sorry, go <laughs> ahead. No, nah, man. We thank Chase for joining us. Uh, he's a great friend of ours, man. He's He's been great to get to know, great to get to talk to. He's a, he's a, a tier, tier one, tier A human, man. I love that guy. Uh, always love talking to him. And he killed it this year covering the outlaws. One of the, the hardest working men out there, just working full time during the week, getting on the road, following the outlaws around. Man, that dude, uh, that dude's a, a fucking menace. And hopefully, um, he keeps doing what he wants to do with the outlaws and stays in the same position. Man, even maybe even bigger doors open up for him eventually. Uh, we'd love to see it because man, he he's great at what he does and he deserves it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I think probably one of our, if not our most frequent frequent guests we've had on the show. So, um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, sh- shout sure. out to him for always coming on and giving us uh, giving us good information. Obviously, um, great great opinions. Um, I, I've never once asked him like if he wanted to come on here, and him not like immediately been like, "Hell yeah, man!" Like, yeah, he, exactly. He's like. Like literally, and, I texted him last night. Same way in person. If you ever see him at the racetrack, give him a shout. I mean, he's 
he's definitely down to have a, a cold beverage after the race, uh, after he's done working. So, uh, yeah, definitely a fun guy to hang out with and, and definitely fun to have on here to shoot the shit with us. A uh, couple of jabronis. Um, but, yeah, without further ado, I guess we can get into the championship weekend that was from the Valley of the Sun. Yeah. Just want to say, I I think we had three pretty good races. I I don't oh, think the cup I race know. was like a... No, we saw two good races. I, well, I don't well, think the cup one, race... One was absolutely horrible. Oh, you, you talking about trucks, trucks or? Oh my gosh, it was terrible. All right, well, I, I enjoyed it personally. I mean, like I said before, I'm I'm Team Chaos, so I mean, it's like that's literally the truck series we've seen for the last few years now, and it's like I don't. Is anybody it's, it's, it's got to be a culture change. I mean, it's just, it was so bad. I mean, when they, when they're talking about what not to do, and we saw what not to do in the drivers' meetings, like. You know, that's not good, so. Well, let's get right into to Hosevar, because, like, I know we see this different, but I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm with Truex. I don't know if you saw Truex's interview about it where they asked him about it, and he was – Truex was like, that was a fucking act. Like, I think he went into the, the corner before and was knocking the shit out of Heim's bumper, like, and then he went into the next corner and got in there hot, and he wanted – maybe he didn't want to wreck him, but he wanted to – move the fuck out of him, like, I'll say. Like, I don't mean, but, and then, like, his his overly dramatic reaction where, like, he knew he, he fucked up, but it's like, you can just tell by the way he was driving and the way he went in there, like, he was going in there to rough him up, and then, so, I'm on that side, like, with, with Truex, like, that was an act, and, and I'm like, I've been a big fan of Carson's the last few months, like, you can't just say, like, he's a guy I'm hating on, because, like, I've changed my my tune on him. I feel like and been a lot more fair to him and giving him credit for getting his shit together. And then this is just a, a regression into the old Carson, and that's just not what you want to see. Especially like this is a guy that's going to the fucking Cup Series next year, and to see that. And then I think after that happened, it, it rattled him, and he just completely folded on that next restart. I mean, he dropped like 15 positions on the nah, restart. So I think. Yeah, I and mean, that, that's where I don't think it was an act. I mean, he, he genuinely was showing remorse. He was like, damn, I just fucked up because we talked about it. He had his, a history of making dumb mistakes and going in and wrecking people. And, and I'm not saying this wasn't dumb. This was definitely a dumb mistake and, and dumb racing. He was racing the fastest truck, racing the piss out of the fastest truck right there when he didn't really need to. So I'm not saying it wasn't dumb racing, but all, yeah, all I'm saying is he didn't mean to spin the guy or even – I don't even think he really meant to make contact with him. Uh, if he did, think, he might have maybe tried to move him up to, out of the groove a little bit because he knew he was the fastest truck and just, you know, just trying to get track position and trying to get a, a fender on the guy. But like I said, it's just he, – obviously he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt because of his track record. And and, and not, to, not to really get too far ahead, but we, we see the same thing with – with Ross Chastain, we, we talked about we're not – we kind of see this eye-to-eye on it. It's like obviously Ross is doing nothing wrong by racing that hard and arrow blocking. Um, but if he if he were to make a mistake and get into the 12, all that progress that we see – like, you know, since Darlington, Ross has had to rebuild his image of he can race clean and not wreck people, you know what I'm saying, when he's racing around them. And if, yeah. if he would have done one wrong move, if he was, you know, he didn't mean to wreck the 12, but he got into the 12 and the 12 is in the wall. That's, again, obviously, he's not in the championship four. 
like that all you just all that reputation you just built from the spring to now the end of the season you got to rebuild you know what i'm saying you, it all just went down the drain so again dumb move on carson's part i agree i totally agree on that but i said i just didn't see it as he meant to wreck the guy it was just it was it was hard racing for the for the between two championship guys that's how i saw it i think it was just like like i'll give a, a he was like driving over his head. head he was driving over I, his head like I'll give like an like where I think it's an act. Like I'll give an analogy of like something that happened in my own life, and like you probably have like like a few years ago, like I had some shit happen. I got mad, threw my phone, and broke my phone, and like I was like had a reaction a lot like Carson's after. Like I was mad, and I felt like that was like a, for whatever reason like a, a a reaction in that moment, and then like immediately like fuck that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that, and I think like. It was like that kind of reaction is where I say it's an act. What do you mean? I mean, I don't so, think that's an act. I think he, he immediately was like, damn, I just kind of ruined this guy's race and another guy's race. No, but I think he went in there like racing I'm over gonna my knock head. The fuck, I'm, he went in there like, I'm going to knock the fuck out of this guy. I want the lead. I want the championship. I said, I just didn't see it that and then immediately really... did it and was like, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Like, No, nah, I, I just didn't see it that way. I, just, I looked at it as he – Made a mistake racing over his head. Basically, ran out of talent, if you will, if you will. I'll put it this way, and like you, uh, it, it seemed like the racers are on my side. In, in this, no, I mean, I, I didn't see it. I just didn't see it as as him going in there and trying to knock him out of the way in in the sense of like Ty Gibbs, Brandon Jones last year. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. I don't think it was that. No, I don't think it was like that. I mean, I think it's just, somewhere but... between that. It's like I said, that's like the far extreme, and and I said just overdriving and you know over pressing in a spot you didn't need to press in, basically. You know, I saw a tweet. I, I it's a quarterback I liked, throwing but... in a double coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't need to do that. You forced that throw. I saw a tweet I liked about like the whole situation though, and we'll get into like Himes retaliation too. But, like, a tweet I liked is, like, there's a lot of, like, oh, it's these damn kids, like, kids this, kids that, like, this generation this, this generation that. I saw a tweet I liked um, where you can't really just say kids. I mean, we had fucking Jeff Gordon, Rhett Clint Boyer. kids. We We saw probably the oldest guy in the series beating, broke the dude's nose. Yeah. That's not the way you teach, teach the young kids how to race. But it's like even you look up, it's like you had like in the tweet I'm talking about was like when Jeff Gordon wrecked Clint Boyer and you had like Kenseth and Logano oh, and yeah, fucking absolutely. I mean like, yeah exactly we see it Bubba and Larson Bubba and Larson a, last year yeah I but, mean, and obviously there's been like a culture shift in the Cup Series that obviously that's not going to be tolerated yeah but and, it's and like that's he, where I, that's where I said I didn't like the Heim the the Heim retaliation you already had the high ground here. Everybody's on your side, and then you go out and do that. Like I get you're frustrated and mad. Like you, ha- he has every right to be mad. You know what I'm saying? But to go out and and use your truck as a weapon like that, and and like, like you said, do it, Jeff Gordon essentially, or or Joey Logano. You he basically waited on him. And well, I don't like that that he wrecked himself. Outcome. Well, then that too, but change the outcome That's... of the race. He he cost Grant Inverter a chance, basically the championship. Like, I think Carson had that, and Carson was charging through the field, and that's the he thing. Was. It's like, and like, we hear guys say all the time, he ain't gonna win this championship when people do stuff like that. And like, to Corey's credit, it's like, 
he wasn't all talk. Like, he said it, and he fucking – like, who – Carson had a fast truck and was, like, charging back through the field. So, I mean, Corey, and that's – like, I totally get where Corey's coming from in that situation. He's like, you fucked me over. Like, you're not winning this championship. And that's – I have no problem with that, honestly. Like, to me, it's an eye for an eye. The, the thing that made it stupid that I have a problem with is him wrecking himself in the process. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the number like, one rule in stock car racing. Yeah. Like, but I have no problem with the reta- I have no problem with the retaliation. I, just, I think maybe just, I, don't I had, wreck had much of a, I think I had maybe such a problem with it because of how the race played out. Over half of the race was cautions, basically ran under yeah, caution. I feel really bad, and I feel had really it, bad. Had it not been such a caution wreck fest, and like he was just like, I'm getting my retaliation here, and you know whatever it caused a caution, and it was only like the fourth or fifth caution of the night instead of the. 11th or 12th or whatever it was, you know? So, uh, maybe I would have felt a little different about it. But, I mean, I totally get where he's coming from. I mean, it, it it's almost the Denny Hammond Ross Chastain thing at Phoenix. So, I, mean, I didn't really have a problem with that. I said, I just I kind of lost a lot of respect. I was like, you, you had the moral high ground here. If you, if you want to do something, get out and beat his ass after the race. Don't don't wreck your race cars. I, uh, I do feel I do feel bad for, for Grant. But it's like I, I did think about this point for Grant. It's like I don't know what Grant and Corey Hines' relationship was beforehand, if there's any. But you know how we always say, like, you know, don't make enemies for no reason. Like, keep good relationships with people. You don't know when you're going to need a favor back. Yeah. I feel like if that's one of Corey's buddies up there in the lead, he doesn't do that. But, in like, you know, I'm sure him and Grant are 20 years apart in age and they're not buddies. But to me, I was kind of thinking about something like that. It's like that's why you keep – good relationships with other drivers and stuff. Cause it's like, if that's a good friend of Corey's leading that championship there, I don't think he does that same thing. So to me, it's like, I haven't seen a lot of people like attack it from that aspect, but that just goes to show like, don't make enemies. Like, uh, I mean, make friends. to your like, point, I don't, I don't think he cares who, who was leading at that point. He was seeing red yeah. and, you know, was and, and also I, I, I didn't, wasn't listening to the spotter audio at the time. And, and the team could have been egging him on, you know what I mean? Like, and if so, I'd hate to hate hate to hear that, you know what I mean? If if anything, hopefully it was just all on the driver, and you know, driver saying, "Now nah, I'm getting this guy back." And yeah, I said that's fine. I'm fine with it. I didn't like, I didn't like it. Didn't like how he went about it. So I said maybe I would have felt a little more different about it had it not been such a wreck fest. And oh, it was just bad. Bad Man, way to that, start the championship weekend. I didn't. I didn't like that fucking drive by Grant back through the field though. Like so, Grant was bitching about Ben Rhodes and said like he stuffed him in the fence. I didn't, and I'm a Grant fan, but I didn't really see it that way. I I think him and him and Ben were racing hard, and he just got the short end of the stick. I didn't. I don't think Ben did anything wrong there. First off, I don't even know what incident <laughs> you're talking about. So. I mean, well, on I that said, last restart you, where Grant got pinched up and had to go pit, like, like, like you just said, it's it's hard racing. It's the racing for a championship. It's it's overtime, triple overtime, or whatever the hell it was. I mean, good lord, you know, yeah. it, it was ridiculous. It was getting. I mean, it was damn near probably midnight thirty on the East Coast. It was late as fuck. It was two. It was it was two and a half, two hour two and a half hour race. So yeah, it was damn near midnight thirty. If not later, and that thing was flying by the first couple stages too. That's what was crazy. But yeah, twelve cautions like, for seventy-seven laps. Was, remember we said last week how oh it's a short race, only one hundred and fifty laps. So they uh, 
They made it so into a cup race. Zane Smith misses a shift on one of the last restarts, and Ben gets Almost into Zane Smith. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! Like that shit was insane. Like it, that's what, and that's why I say I'm Team Chaos. Like you know, it's like you can be mad, and you know it is, but. I had like I enjoyed watching like that whole thing play out, like Ben trying to hold on and getting into Zane Smith and Grant like charging back through the field. Like I, said, I'm I okay did enjoy the, watching that. And even Saturday, man, it's just like when we had that late caution. It's just like you hate that the whole season comes down to this. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it, at least. Like, you know what I'm saying? If Cole Custer loses that, who who was going to win it? You know what I mean? I don't know to get too much into Saturday yet, but yeah, it's just like when a guy, when a race is playing out, I mean, obviously Friday was like complete chaos. And I mean, I guess I'm, I don't really have much else to say. Congrats, Ben Rhodes, two time champ. Shout out to Grant, too. He got there and he had a chance to drive right fucking through Ben and win it that way if he wanted to. And, yeah, and he but... didn't do it. Like, he got there. Like, if he wanted to win it that way, he. He had the opportunity and he didn't do it. So, like, I, I hate that things play out the way they did for Grant, but he was, it was certainly classy of him to not, because he had every opportunity in that last corner to just plow right through him and, and win it that way. He was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Like, what, ben, like, Grant was like six plus 16 on that last restart or like insane, insane. Like that's that's he didn't win the championship, so that's gonna kind of get like lost. But that was still like one of the most epic like charges through the field I've ever seen in my life by Grant there those last couple laps. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that's all I gotta say. Congrats to Ben Rhodes, another fantastic press conference, For two sure. time, two time Truck Series champion. Uh, drink them Bud Lights, Ben. You earned them. But yeah, uh, on to Saturday. Um, like I said I hate hate that the whole season comes down to a green white checkered, uh, when a guy has pretty much shield up, and then you know you never know what's gonna happen on a late race restart. Obviously, your team chaos, but like I said I just hate the whole season comes down to that. But yeah, nonetheless, Cole Custer prevailed. Um, I, I mean, mean, that's where you find out who's got some fucking balls on them, though. You got one restart to win the fucking championship. Like, well, we, that's where you find out who's Cole, about it. Cole Custer was, made his whole cup career on one restart, pretty much. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of the king of restarts. But, yeah, he, uh, it was. I mean, Justin had a hell of a restart, though, man. Race. I mean, great race all the way around. Um, like, like I said, it was not caution filled. That's what I said. Like, when Cole Custer was kind of out, out front, kind of walking away with it and you know everything was just kind of playing out as a normal race and then you get this late race caution and you're like oh my gosh are you serious not again not not the truck series all over again you know um, i was rooting for justin so i was super yeah, I was, happy I, was, I, I mean i had money on justin so i was like all right we got a second chance here let's go you know i was like yeah. happy in that aspect but i was just you know you hate the entire 36 races or whatever it is for the xfinity you know it comes down to a green white checkered um you know, it's let alone it, it already comes down to one race. You know, now now we're gonna settle it on two freaking laps. You know, and yeah. anything can happen. It's just like Jesus Christ, you kidding me, right? And then obviously the night before we saw what can happen when you get these guys bunched up on a late race restart and everybody's but just these gonna guys... lose their minds. And but they didn't. They did a great job. These boys, man, the Xfinity guys held it clean. And man, they put on a race show. with a lot. 
Race was a lot of class. Like, I mean, yeah, absolutely, it's the complete opposite of what we saw Friday night. And, and that's you saw so Justin, impressive. Justin spun himself out to avoid like making contact with John Hunter, like early in the race, like literally, oh, yeah. like spun yeah. himself, like very early, real early. Yeah, I remember that now. And yeah, like he was washing up into John Hunter, and like rather than do that, spins himself out, like jeopardizes his own race and his own season and puts himself behind the eight ball because he doesn't want to win a championship and be remembered that way. And that's commendable for sure. You have to give him credit for that. No doubt. I mean, and and I think on the final restart, all four guys were like right there. Um, Yeah, they were all, they all finished. uh, Three. John Hunter and wrecked there at the end, but yeah, they were all four. They were all four right there in the top five uh, on the last restart. So, um, yeah, super made it super exciting. Um, obviously, Cole Custer, he was out to a dominant, pretty much the fastest car. He led 96 of the 200 laps, so almost half of them. Um, and like I said, was kind of running away with it. And, uh, yeah, obviously, late race caution. But, um, no, it was exciting. It was a great race. Congrats to old Stone Cold Custer, man. Like, I mean, he accomplished the goal, went that back down to Xfinity to – I, I guess just gain some confidence back and, and do some image repair for, for himself, basically, man. I mean, he did exactly what he went back down there to do, goes back down there and cashes in and wins a championship. Like, that's – like, you couldn't ask for – like, that's exactly what he, – he accomplished exactly what he went down there to do. And congrats to him on that. Yep, and, I mean, obviously we know came out, I think, last week maybe or the week before – he is resigned to the double zero Xfinity ride for next year, so looking to go back back titles and and I mean uh, has to be an early favorite to oh, do that. For sure. Like, I mean well I mean obviously it's crazy. Anything can happen in the final four, but yeah. Uh certainly with him coming back, that team coming back, um, you gotta think that yeah, that's in good hands and and, and I think maybe a good transition is we saw him qualify and practice the, the six car um, this weekend and you know Brad's not going to be racing for forever so if he can hang around in the Xfinity series and keep proving himself in the Xfinity series uh, obviously he's turning heads over there at RFK and and I think it would be good for him to get out of the shadow of, of his dad um, over there at Stuart Haas so um, yeah I, I expect some big things coming for Cole Custer in the next few years um, obviously he's proven himself as a cup winner I mean I, not to I, I joked earlier he King of restarts or whatever, you know, got lucky on one ring, one restart, but nah, he he's a great talent. Um, yeah, so so super happy for him and that team to to win the championship. This, like I said, this is exactly what they plan to do when you when you go back down to the lower level. Hell yeah! Um, impromptu, by the way, I'll I'll just I mean, it's some behind the scenes. I'll, I was gonna say, but since it's getting pretty, since oh, that's not something else she can help with, but um. <laughs> Get, I was going to say, getting pretty late here. Like, we'll wrap up Xfinity Talk Cup. And then you just kind of, like, next week, like, we'll do, like, a pre-Florence, I guess, and recap of the weekend and then do kind of, like, our season, like, recap in general when we have more time next week. You want to yeah. do it that yeah, way? Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah, I just, like, I didn't want to get into, like, yeah, don't start rush talking it. about the season. Yeah. And then next week, that way, we kind of have, like, a whole show. We can talk about the season as a whole. Yep, we got time. But, um. All right, so yeah, let's do it that way. But yeah, to to wrap up Xfinity, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a a great race. 
Um, they put on good racing at Phoenix there, and even the Cup car was, was better at Phoenix. And I think anybody, I don't think it was, I mean, we'll get into Cup in a second. I don't think it was an amazing race or anything, but I certainly wasn't like that sucked. Like, um, like I enjoyed it. But yeah, good Xfinity race. Congrats to Cole. Um, sucks for Justin. Man, so close again. So many times for him. Hate to see it. But um, yeah, nothing else I really got. Oh, Austin, Austin Hill said some dumbass shit after the race, man. That guy's making himself pretty unlikable pretty quick. Did he? Yeah, and yeah. The, like, what did he you say? see that? Oh, what did he say? Where he was like, he was like, oh, I had a chance to go out there tonight and wreck Sheldon, but I showed him how a teammate should race, like, <laughs> just for no reason. Like, uh, uh, somebody <laughs> probably baited him into it, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like so, if you're an upcoming guy and you're trying to yeah, make sure like, and, like this, like, like, like be like Sheldon, just quit talking about it. Let it go, like, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was so last week. Um, yeah, and it's like especially as like an upcoming guy, like I say, you're trying to make a name for yourself in a trip. Like, why? You know, it's one thing if you're a, an established driver in the Cup Series and like you are who you are, and you don't care at that point, but like as an upcoming driver trying to like attract fans and make a name for yourself, like why are you going to do like say shit like that to, to turn people against you? Yeah. I hear you. Like, um, eh, you know, it's, it's, I saw that. I just it, wanted to mention it that. It makes it polarizing. You'll either love it or you hate it. You know? Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's get into some cup. I don't really have much more Xfinity. No, nah, no, nah, just congrats to Cole. Yeah, but, but yeah, um, like you said, pretty good cup race. I mean, we saw the last two short track races with uh, Martinsville last weekend and Phoenix uh, on Sunday. Both pretty pretty solid races, I thought. You know, we saw tire wear, co- some comers and goers, still hard to pass. But um, yeah, tire wear and, and comers and goers, it was definitely kind of encouraging. Yeah, it definitely seemed early. I, I, like said, again, I think the tire model that we learned from Wilkesboro running in the rain has definitely helped Goodyear a step in the right direction. Hopefully we can learn a little bit more the off season tests, but yeah, uh, no, great race. I thought it was not great, race, but good, good race on Sunday. I enjoyed it. It was definitely entertaining. Uh, Better than we've seen at Phoenix last few years. Yeah, for sure. Definitely sure. entertaining. I would say definitely great by Phoenix standards. <laughs> yeah. We'll put it that way. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way I felt about Martinsville last week. Like not great, but better than what we've seen. Yeah. A, st- a step in the right direction. I'll put it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so so early on, it seemed like it was going to be William Byron's championship to win. Uh, he had the best car early, dominated stage one, and then car just kind of went away from him, man. But we saw Larson, um, Blaney, and Bell kind of all charge through the field, and you wondered were were things going to get interesting, and then then they got the interesting. Yeah, the first big drama we see would go uh, in stage two, man. Uh, Christopher Bell, uh, brake rider explodes into the wall. Championship contender out. We've never seen that kind of thing happen under this format. We've seen guys wreck, but we've never seen a mechanical failure. And real quick, I like we had our little pissing match about this, and I was like, the commercials have been an issue for the networks this year, and it's been like a hot button issue. That's pretty like widely agreed upon in the community and it's like why the stage breaks were implemented in the first place was to you know you know load more commercials on the stage breaks so we don't need to have as many under green and we're still having 
a ton under green, like not as much side by side as we should, I feel like. And to miss a moment like that in commercial, I thought was like really shitty. Like, and I was like, damn, like that sucks. And like, well, I'm not saying it's ideal, but I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's a race. It's unpredictable. I mean, you were just like, it's unacceptable. Like we can't have this. Like, like you want it to be green flag or it's like, or, uh, ad free coverage, like F1, you know, for an hour and a half, like just not realistic in NASCAR. Um, but well, I just, I just think they need to load more commercials. I'm not saying they can't do a better job. I'm not saying that, but like, I mean, I mean, I said we, more side by side. Like, well, and then you brought up that point. I think I've noticed that I feel like you get more side by side on a true cable feed versus streaming. Because that's I've, true too. Yeah, I've seen whereas like I'll be like streaming and it's like side by side for like a second, and then like it goes to full screen ad, or it's like yeah, no, I, full I watch on streaming and, too. And it comes back to side by side for a second. So you're right. I, I watch on streaming I, I, I'll, too. I'll bring so. up that point. As I said I just. It seemed like you were just like it's unacceptable. It's like you can't expect them to catch every caution and every breaking detail while they're not in commercial. You know what I mean? I say it's and just, and that, it's another thing. It's like sometimes to miss. it is, and and I will granted, I will give it to you that they were like maybe in the second commercial break, and sometimes that they will like if it's a big breaking event in the race like that, they sometimes will break from commercial and go back to the race, cut back live. Yeah. So I felt like in that instance they should have, and maybe they did. I think that maybe they did on regular TV and streaming. They yeah. did. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because I watch on streaming too. So yeah, I'm in the same boat as. So you. I just want to bring up um, that point. I, and I mean, I said I was just like, calm down. Like I said, they can't catch everything. Like you yeah. know, I get it. I, I wish I wish it was like F1 and they had no commercials. You know, you know, honestly, but I know that they had to sell this in certain amounts and yada yada. I'm not saying they can't do a better job. I think it's probably been about the same year to year, you know, consistency as as it always is. You know, I don't think there's really any difference. Maybe a couple percentages here and there. So I don't, I don't want to get in a whole big debate about it. But yeah, I just, I was just like, calm down. It's not that serious. I mean, it is, but it's. I, I wish we weren't in commercial, but it's not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can, I can get that. Yeah, I just, I just hope it's something. I just thought you were like, fly, you were flying off the handle about. It. I'm like, bro, just chill. Like, I was like, that. I definitely in that moment was like, holy shit, they just missed that income. Because I'm like, can you imagine your reaction if like that was live and, and you see yeah, a championship absolutely. guy I mean, hit the wall? You're but again, like, like you said, but how many times has that happened in this format? Never. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. To, it, and to miss it, like the one time. I know, did, absolutely. Like, yeah. Terrible but, timing. All right. Yeah, but we don't. Yeah, we don't need to spend all night talking about that. We can move along. But so yeah, we're down to three guys racing for it. Um, you definitely tell as, as as stage two went on and that run started to come that Blaney was just going to have the the car to beat. Like he drove past Larson. Like Larson never really at any point in that run had anything for him. And then once he got past Byron, because I believe he passed Byron in stage two, right? And they they never really had anything else for him the rest of the day. And it was like, it, it kind of came down to that. Like, and this is like, I, I've said it the last few weeks. And it's really like, feels like ever since Taldega, I, I said the exact thing on the podcast. It's like the Ryan Blaney we've seen over the last month is, is not the Ryan Blaney we've seen for the last six, seven, however many years we've, like, 
it just just feels like a completely like new man. And this is obviously. The... Hang, I lost you. Hello. 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 Hey. Oh, did you lose me for a second? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was getting a so call. You, you uh, basically lost you out when you started talking about Blaney as a new man. Oh yeah. Well, so my whole point I was making is like. You had the Kyle Petty thing earlier this year. People are still mad at Kyle Petty for him. We're, like, going after him after this. And, like, but I just said, it's, like, I don't think anything Kyle Petty said at that time was, like, an unfair criticism. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. It's, like, that was what a lot of people thought about Blaney, and that was kind of, like – Couldn't get out of his own way. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I don't know why people wanted to jump on Kyle so bad for that at that time. And Kyle, like, admitted well, as much Kyle's here. Kyle's a hot personality, like – just like you know, the dual bumper clear guys, you know, mm. they they give hot takes all the time. And, yeah, you know, you know, they they give what what they're supposed to do. You know, they give the I said the hot takes get the people get the pot stirred up. You know, get the people riled up. So yeah, but yeah, you agree? Like this is just like like I said, like night and day. Ryan Blaney, we've seen it. It feels like ever since that Talladega race, I'm like. He was so smart at the end of that Talladega race. Like, the way he let that play out, he didn't make any rash moves and, like, just played it perfect. And, like, that's the move that, that put him in the round of eight. And then he just had the, the best round of eight you could possibly have. And Well, yeah, I mean, he, he basically goes to the age-old saying of you got to lose one to win one. You know, last year, you look at last year in the round of eight, he basically choked – Um Maybe it was maybe it was a round of uh, whatever round in Miami. Round of eight. Downshifted. Was Miami in the round of eight last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that's what I thought. It was always back to back, and then he ran decent at Martinsville, but still didn't transfer because he obviously had two bad races. But yeah, obviously downshifted uh, Miami, and then whatever Kansas I think spun out. Um, but then you go to Phoenix, you know, and, and he runs arguably better than his teammate pulled over for his teammate, if you will, you know, to let this teammate win the race. But uh, I think he could have easily pulled a Ross Chastain last year. Had they, they not been teammates with the guy that won the championship. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to think he, he probably thought all last year, you know, what could have been, you know, if we can just get there again, get to that round of eight again and, uh, you know, make almost some magic won, happen. Almost won there in the spring too. <laughs> So like so yeah I mean it was a great uh he's I mean great it, it at all, Phoenix. he's the it new Harvick at Phoenix yeah oh yeah I, I I can get down with that but um and yeah I wanted to mention since you brought up Chastain I think we agree like what like look people want him even NASCAR like they said like NASCAR is fucking bitching at Chastain spotter it's like the fuck is he like good like like I'm one hundred percent well I think that's also because that. NASCAR is like. You sure about that? You sure you want to race like that, Ross? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we know your history here. Yeah, you know I mean? it was. I like, yeah. I don't. I don't think Ross had it been like a guy like wrong. Truex. No, he didn't. But I'm saying, they had it been like a guy like Truex, who has a track record of being super clean. 
Truex was racing the dog shit out of Blaney too. That's the but thing. But that's what I'm saying is that they didn't say anything to Truex because they know that he has a track record of racing clean, whereas Ross has been a wrecking ball. You know. I think they said like the old series director in the truck series, maybe like he had like a quote one time, like he told he would tell the drivers in the drivers meeting, if you're gonna wreck a championship contender, make sure you wreck them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, and you can you always say, can you imagine the shit storm? We have to be talking about right now if Ross Chastain would have wrecked Ryan Blaney, blocking oh, yeah. his ass like that. Like, I mean, it goes back to Friday, <sighs> like where you had like Zane Smith, not a championship contender, and he missed a shift and almost well, different, ended Ben you know, Rhodes' I mean, run there. That's like, like something that kind of unpredictable. But like I said, you, you know, what I'm saying this is in your control of you know you didn't have to race this hard type type deal. Yeah, you know. But, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I had no problem with it though, and I mean, I think no, I, I had no problems with it either. But I would have had a problem with it had he made contact. And, yeah, you know, that's when I, I think there's a problem. So, yeah, no, kudos to Ross for racing clean, racing his ass off, not giving. And a people fuck. are like, "Well, he was blocking." Like, yeah, that's how you fucking race in these cars. Like, unfortunately, it <laughs> is. Yeah, you got to race like an asshole. Yeah, like it's not that's the old days of. Hey man, just go by because I know that my car will be faster later. Um, no, if Blaney gets ahead there, he's gone because he had had the fastest long run car. And honestly, I'm just shocked to look at the stat and see that he only led two laps, which those two laps were when him and Ross were battling. I'm assuming that he led yeah. the line. And, and you have to give Blaney some like critique too. Even then, like he won, so like it doesn't matter. But it's like. There was really no need for Blaney to, to be racing Ross that hard. Like Larson no, was for sure. over I mean, three. Well, I mean, shit. I will say because Ross was backing Blaney up to Larson. I think Ross was trying to play good Chevy teammate role after getting his ass chewed out earlier in the year for wrecking a Chevy partner. I don't think Ross cared about the championship at all, like one way or another in that situation. I think. Well, he was I'm not saying like, he did. I think he was race. just. Like, he, he, but what I'm saying is he. He was racing and blocking and slowing both of them down, which was allowing the five to catch him. So it's like he he dude, wasn't really. If if you look at like the if you were paying attention to like the intervals, he wasn't really catching him much though. Like maybe a little bit, but like he was still two three seconds by. I don't think he ever like before that caution came out. I don't think he ever got more than like two seconds. But that's the to thing Blaney. is like, like when you do race like that, and you know that, that if you can block for however many laps, two three laps. And and hold the guy up, you know, cost the guy that that you're gonna. It's gonna flip, you know. It's gonna change, and and you'll be able to pull away a little bit more. And then he might run you back down or whatever. But like I said, it's just it's part of the game. That's how you race. I had no problems with it until there was Rudy contact. Fug- I I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Rudy Fugel's like, you know, this fucking guy. He's falling apart. Like, oh yeah. Well, he was, dude. I mean, he was having mental breakdown on the radio. Like, he was like. I can't fucking pass. You know what I'm saying? You saw him in the car beat on the steering wheel and shit. Like you, we, I was like, this flipping is, him off. Like I was like, this is typical of Ryan Blaney right now. Like he's gonna melt down and and somehow lose this when he he doesn't really need to. So yeah, I was like, we're gonna see it happen. And uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously Rudy's got you got to pump your guy up, keep your guy in the race the whole 312 laps or whatever it is. So yeah, I get it, man. You gotta do what you can to win a championship, and yeah, obviously. Ross won the race, but the three championship guys that were left for uh, through a second, third, fourth. So I imagine, Sweet. I imagine Bell. I mean, everybody 
obviously we talked about William Byron was er, good early on, but the three other guys, they had to kind of work on their stuff a little bit and, and work their way up there. So I imagine Bell would have done the same thing as well. Um, continue yeah, just, to work just, on it and get better. Larson just felt like he just didn't have it like all day. It's like, even when he got up there on that late restart, it's like he did everything he could do, but like, I don't, I don't think there was, and well, he think, was racing the shit out of Blaney too. And Blaney was getting pissy with Larson too. And it's like, that's even worse. Cause Larson's just trying to win a damn championship. So like, well, yeah, that's, but, that's when you're going to have a mess too. Yeah. Those two and guys like, but, get together. Yeah. Or well, any of the championship was, guys get together. He, he was doing, Larson was doing everything he had, but he just, he just didn't have the, the car for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, even he got up there, had a good restart and Blaney got shuffled back there a little bit, but even like, I don't know how you felt, even in that moment, Blaney got shuffled back there. And I say this as somebody who was, I was rooting for Larson of the four. Like he was my guy I was pulling for. I was just like, he's like, Blaney's going to catch him. Like I didn't like, I wasn't super optimistic that Larson was going to be able to hold that off. And by the way, uh, real quick, I'll mention this is like me and you, like people who look, but like, so you were in that pick them thing with Nick um, where you had to like pick like the finishing order of the four. Mm-hmm. I, I would have won the damn thing if it was like the, like my order was Larson Blaney Byron Bell. That's like the order I submitted. So if you flip the top two, I would have won the damn pot. Like, so I was hoping it stayed that way. It was like what two hundred seventy bucks or something like that. Dang. So that that would have been a nice payday. I was hoping it stayed that way because I almost had the top four nailed, but just ended up I had uh Blaney and Larson flipped, obviously. Word. But I don't know what top four you had for that, but not much sure. Um, but yeah, so I was I was hoping it stayed the way it was, but I knew Blaney had the best car. And, once he kind of got out of the shit storm, he was going to get through, and he got to Larson. Larson did everything he could do, but just didn't have enough. And uh, so Ryan Blaney gets his first career cup championship, man. Um, we've had three straight, like, younger champions now. Like, really the – or four, or, th- or I should say – I'm thinking of Chase, Larson, and Blaney. I guess we had Lugano last year. So who is younger himself? Not – but – yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Like we've definitely seen the, uh, the 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 cream rise to the top with with the young up and coming guys, and now like we look at three guys who we look at as as part of the now and the future who are going to be around for a while who have championships under their belt. So, yep. All um, right, let's wrap this up. No pick. Yeah, just congrats. Week. Congrats to Blaney, like fall, we say. Fall brawl. If you want to pick that. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's I mean, in it. I mean, take the low-hanging fruit. I told you who was racing earlier. Yeah. Uh, fucking. Is, is Bubba racing? Wallace? No. Uh, Pollard. No, this is late model stocks. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Yeah, give, give me Barry. All right. I'm taking Landon Huffman. All right. Here we go. Solid uh, pick. Yeah, I guess we'll, we can talk more about Blaney and the season as a whole next week, like we said, and. Uh, you got your interview that we're going to put in here. We're recording it a day apart. So it'll be a long episode already. So I'm sure we'll have a fun episode next week. And hopefully, it's, I guess maybe we'll both be going to Florence together. We'll see uh, how that ends up panning out. But certainly on my radar. So, yeah, race season's um, not done, folks. There's, uh, there's only three off weekends without racing between now and the clash. So 
Um, yeah, it's a lot of standalone events throughout the winter, some indoor racing throughout the December and January. Uh, and then we'll be back outside for the Rolex. So yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be on here throughout the, the winter. And like I said, we'll definitely be back next week with a kind of a season recap of oh, this one already being super long. Real quick, one more thing before we cut it um, that I wanted to mention that I, I wanted to earlier, forgot, but we officially were able to announce our partnership with Sectator Media. Um, so super excited to be a part of that. Uh, super honored and to just great team, like great people, like super happy that Cody and, and Jacob, when they were putting this all together, like we were near the top of their list, they said that of, of people that they wanted to be a part of it. So I'm super happy that we were able to announce that it's been in the works for a while. And um, yeah, just yeah, we can awesome. Talk, we'll like, talk more about it next week uh, of things we got planned for that. So yeah, there's a new web page um, that can be found. I'm sure it's linked in our bio um, on Twitter. Sectator.media. There you go. My man with the fucking plug. All right. Till next week. All right. I will have an interview with Matt Hirschman, the modified driver, coming out tomorrow. Um, So this will probably drop tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. So. All right. Talk to y'all next week. Look for it in your feed Thursday morning. Yep. All right. We'll see you, man. Later. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're continuing along this episode. We got a big end of the end of the year episode here. Um, and we got a special guest on the line joining us is fresh off his North South shootout win over the past weekend. Um, driver of the number 60 modified Matt Hirschman. So Matt, thanks for joining us tonight, man. I was able to meet you down there at uh, motor mile or Pulaski County speedway. And, uh, yeah, we were able to link up and, and get you on here, man. So appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. For sure. Um, first, I guess we'll just kind of go back to the beginning, kind of get get a little bit of history about you. I mean, a lot of our listeners probably know who your brother is, um, Tony Hirschman, the spotter on the Cup Series side for Ty Gibbs, former Kyle Busch spotter. Um, but you're, you're carving out quite the name for yourself uh, in the modified ranks. I mean, picking up, you've got over uh, three, uh, over 200 feature wins and 30 championships. So, I mean, you're, you're a heck of a wheel man. Um, and, and always picking up big wins. Uh, I mean, this year we'll kind of go through the list here, some of the big wins you got. But, yeah, I mean, where did it all start for you? I know you're obviously a racing family. Um, you've been going to the racetrack since you were basically a kid, uh, but didn't really start racing until you were a teenager. So just kind of give us a little bit of history, background, and, and how you got into racing, man. Yeah, well, I mean, the the biggest reason my brother and I are both uh, involved in racing today is because our father raced uh, – uh, and was very successful. Um, he won uh, five NASCAR modified championships, spent most of his career in modifieds, did a little bit of uh, stock car racing uh, as well. And uh, yeah, so we always, uh, we grew up going to his races. We traveled as a family, did that uh, through our childhood and, and into our uh, early adult years. Uh, and then he kind of ventured down the the path of spotting with the IndyCar NASCAR. And I started my own driving career uh, locally here in Pennsylvania and still was doing a lot of uh, racing with my dad as well, uh, helping uh, and learning by working with him. And uh, like I said, it didn't um, 
I wouldn't say it didn't take off for me uh, right away, but uh, you know, uh, after a few years of racing locally, started to venture out and uh, you know had some success and and uh, started getting opportunities to continue to to advance my career. Uh, you know, started uh, you know getting um, uh, you know racing in the NASCAR modifieds and and uh, you know race champions modifieds and. And, you know, had a, like you said, just kept kind of growing from there and, uh, you know, into where I'm at today. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and I, I'm not really sure of the, the racing landscape up there in Pennsylvania, at least locally. I mean, obviously, sprint cars dominate um, the central Pennsylvania area where you where you guys grew up. Um, but, yeah, what's the, what's the racing scene like up there? I know uh, Jennerstown is obviously a big racetrack up there. Um, but what, what other racetracks were you guys going to racing at? So I'm located in Eastern Pennsylvania. What you had hit on there, obviously central Pennsylvania stuff uh, and spring car racing, very big there. Um, but in Eastern Pennsylvania, there were two, there's two short tracks, paved tracks, and that's uh, Mahoning Valley Speedway and Evergreen Raceway. And uh, the, uh, I started my career at Evergreen and um they uh, both tracks are still running today and I still try to get to them both a uh, few times every each year. And that's where I started. I, um, there's a lot of race tracks that, uh, then we started going to in New York state with the race of champions. And then the new England States were more the NASCAR wheel of modifieds and, and what, and now you have the tri-track series in more new England, but, uh, yeah, where I got my start here, we have two tracks. Uh, the next closest track is Wall Stadium in New Jersey. Um, we usually, you know, get there a time or two a year, and, and we still have one more coming up there. It's called the Turkey Derby uh, at the end of November on Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's that's awesome to, awesome to get you started in that. Um, but, yeah, we can move on to, to some more recent stuff. I said, obviously, coming off that, that win this weekend at, at Caraway and the North-South Shootout, um, we know that's a big race for you guys. What, uh, what, what was your perspective or thoughts on that? Yeah, the, the North South shootout has been a, a really good race for my career. Uh, won the, the first shootout I won in 2006 kind of put me on the map. Uh, obviously I, you know, had a, you know, I've got a familiar last name with my, my father's success and modifieds, but I hadn't won a race of that magnitude, uh, at that point in the early point in my career until then. Uh, so that race really put me on the map. We came back and repeated in 2007. And then I've just had success throughout the years in the event. It originally was at Concord, then it moved to Caraway, then it went back to Concord and now it's back to Caraway again. And, uh, Caraway, uh, is another track that I, I've just, I've, I've been successful at. I've, not only won north south shootouts there but i've won there with the smart modified tour as well and uh you know this um this race was uh uh no different than you know than many others uh you know we uh we seem to do well there uh this uh the race was real smooth at the start the first 50 60 laps ran off really quick the second half of the race was the complete opposite there were a lot of cautions some lengthy delays and things uh uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we were able to get out front and, and, uh, and get the win. That's awesome. 
Uh, and then obviously another big one. Um, the day before I was able to meet you, the with or the NASCAR modified series, um, went back to North Wilkesboro. Um, I believe that was the first time since last year when they had the racetrack revival. Um, and you ran third last year, but we were able to pick up the win this year. Um, there at North Wilkesboro. So what would that mean to you? Um, just kind of what the history of that place. Um, what was that like going back there and, and getting the win? Well, uh, going back to last summer, um, the racetrack revival there was one of the neatest experiences in my whole career. Uh, when, you know, when we walked in uh, to that facility, um, it was like you were coming into a lost speedway uh, and to have a race. Now this year, um, already so much has been done. The, the place has basically gotten a complete makeover with the exception until now uh the paving of the surface so we were still racing on the old surface so um my experience from last year definitely helped uh we were able to we you are correct we finished third in the first night of the racetrack revival but then we did come back the the next day for day two and we won so we were able we were able to get a win which was just a huge deal that the you know the bigger deal was the revival of the racetrack uh, but getting a win and we got the elevator ride and um, it was just really a, a neat experience. Uh, something, uh, one of the, like I said, one of the, the, the coolest things that I've ever done in my racing career. And then coming back this year, we were coming back for an even bigger race um, with the NASCAR wheel of modifieds going there. And uh, my experience from last year probably certainly helped. Um, it was a really good race. There was a lot of passing and, and, uh, comers and goers and pit stops and and things uh it was like i said even after when i went back and rewatched the race i really felt that that was one of the better modified races of the year uh for fans to watch and uh like i said we were able to get the win there which uh just you know we were able to win the race very big deal and uh get to go up on the elevator again and um, now the the track is since now be being repaved so we we'll get to go back next year, but it'll probably be like racing on a different racetrack. It's going to be completely different, uh, with the new surface. Uh, so glad that, uh, we were able to revive the racetrack last year and then was the last winner on the old surface this year. And now we'll have another challenge next year, uh, with the new, new surface. Yeah, I guess you can say you were officially the last winner on the old surface. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat, neat stat to have in your pocket for sure. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. I mean, we were, I, all of us here on the podcast, we went down for the late model stock portion of last year's revival. Um, and then we made the trip again for the, for the all-star race this year. And yeah, it's just incredible environments. Uh, I mean, like I said, the, the place was electric there for the revival. It was, like you said, it had that lost speedway, like, very local feel, barely opened, you know, very kind of run down, but it was, it was neat to see that in that state and, and still be able to sell out the place pretty much. So yeah, just super cool place with a lot of history. Um, hope they continue to go back there. Um, and hopefully, like I said, it may take a couple of years, but hopefully once the track puts some ages, put some age on it, it'll uh, have that great racing. Like we always had there. Um, but yeah, this year, I mean, obviously we just went over two wins that you've had, um, but it hasn't been all, all easy. Um, I mean, you've really caught fire here in the fall, but, um, late summer you had a broken forearm, 
um, nonetheless. So just kind of take us through that. What was that experience like? Um, and, and like the rehab coming back and then obviously now, like I said, on fire and, and looking to kind of, kind of dominating. Yes, as now obviously an injury is never a good thing. Uh, I, you know, I had a, a break uh, that required surgery. Uh, so it's the second uh, injury I've had during my career that required surgery and, and some time off. So uh, that's never, you know, never a good experience. That's uh, certainly not any fun. And, uh, you know, my, um, I was told at the time of, you know, the injury and the excuse me, the, the surgery that, uh, you know, the best case scenario was to return at about four weeks. And, uh, so I just did, uh, everything I possibly could to, to, um, to recover and, and be able to meet that. And I was able to, so we came back, I finished second, the first race out, uh, didn't get the win that day, but then we came, uh, and it was, it was a little tough to first race, but already a week later, second race out we were able to win uh felt a lot better already there and then the third race out was north wilkesboro so uh so we were pretty much started right off with some firsts and seconds and uh you know we've had some more good runs since then uh fourth at martinsville was uh you know wasn't what we had hoped for but uh, still was a good solid run there uh then you know we've won a couple of the last two tri-track races uh, that were held in october and won that championship and then uh, this past weekend, obviously the North South shootout uh, win. So we've we've gotten gotten some big wins. We've do, and we've gotten a, a fair amount of wins going all the way back to the start of the season during speed weeks in Florida. Uh, but we had some setbacks along the way as well. And like I said, obviously the injury being the biggest. Yeah, but I mean, and I I don't really know the ins and outs of of your day to day, and like I mean, but you've raced for a, a living, so. What was that like? I mean, I don't know if you have like contracts with your, the teams you race with uh, to still get paid, like if you were to get hurt, but just kind of take us through that. What would, what would that look like if you were to miss more time than you end up doing? How would that no, impact no, you financially? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I need to pretty much be racing to, uh, you know, to, to have an opportunity to, to, to bring a, you know, earn an income. Uh, so it was, uh, like I said, it, it, I always often look at things that it certainly could be worse and, uh, and it could have been, it could have been the end of the season, uh, you know, for me, you know, so, uh, the four, four weeks, uh, like I said, it was, you know, it was frustrating and, 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 um, uh, certainly wish that we could have avoided that, but at the same time, it, uh, you know, it went by, you know, relatively quick and, and it's not, not too big of a deal, uh, you know, in terms of we missed probably, there were a couple of race, uh, weekends where there might've been multiple events. So we probably realistically lost six races. Uh, but you know, during the course of the season, you, you have rain outs, you have rescheduled, uh, things that become conflicts and that. So, uh, you know, dropping some races is, 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 you know, is expected. Uh, so we, we, we managed to make it through it. And, uh, like I said, we've, we've been successful since, so we're doing all right. Good deal. Well, season's not over quite yet. I know you guys are definitely racing this weekend up at Riverhead, uh, up at Long Island, New York, um, for the Islip 300. So, what what is a uh, give us a little preview for that? What are you thinking for this weekend? So the this race has been going probably I'm going to say less than ten, but probably somewhere around seven or eight times. And I only 
uh, competed in the event last year for the first time. So don't have a lot of history in this race. Um, but we did have a, a good solid run last year, led some laps, ended up finishing third. And, uh, you know, so we'll come back. We'll see if we can improve on that. And then we have one off week. And then the final weekend, November, Thanksgiving weekend is the traditional Turkey Derby at Wall Stadium. Uh, always a huge event. Um, you know, something that we've been a part of many of for, you know, uh, over 20 years now. So um, looking forward to that. That's uh, that'll be it then. Uh, but we have a short off season, really only two months without racing in uh, December and January. And then we're back. Uh, we're back at it in uh, in Florida going to uh, uh, speed weeks in February. Yep. Yeah. Short off season and. I mean, even if you, uh, some forms of motorsports don't even really have an off season, you know, I've, I mapped it out and there's only three weekends without a race between now and the clash. Uh, and that kind of kicks off all of a uh, race season there. Like I said, the speed weeks will be down in Florida the couple weeks after that. So yeah, it's, it's really short. It'll be here before you know it. Got to get everything ready and, and back, uh, in line or whatever. Uh, I said, get the, get the fleet back dialed in. So yeah. Um, like I said, before we get out of here, we do have uh, 10 questions here that we like to ask each one of our guests. We took a little inspiration from Jeff Gluck on these. Um, some of them are fun. Some of them are serious. So have fun with it. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your answers for these. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll kick it off here. Number one, if you had to win a race at one track to save humans from an invasive species, what track are you racing at? <laughs> say that one again okay so if you had to win a race at one track you know to save humans from an invasive species what track are you guaranteeing to win at you're most confident to win at okay um hmm. probably uh probably several that come to mind but i'm gonna say That is almost too many to pick from, which is probably a good thing to have. But, uh, <laughs> That's a good I'll, problem for sure. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say um, I'll say Oswego Speedway, New York. I've uh, always had a lot of success there. Uh, been pretty good over the years there. Okay, I think that's a first for for these. So I like that. All right, number two. If you had to survive on nothing but one popular racetrack snack food for a month, what sh food are you choosing? probably well most uh, uh, i don't know i mean i probably eat a healthier diet than most so uh like i said what i eat probably isn't going to be very popular uh with others but uh i try and uh stay hydrated and eat some uh, good food for energy so uh, i'll go with uh some fruit and nuts uh as a uh good energy boost okay no martinsville hot dogs for big money matt no, no, I, I'll pass on that on a race day, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you could have a 20-lap race with one race car driver, dead or alive, who would you race against? These are good questions. There's a lot of... Uh, cool, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah a lot of, lot of possibilities there. Uh, I'm going to say, since I never had the opportunity to... Uh, and he's known as the king of the modifieds. I'm going to say Richie Evans. 
Okay. Again, I think that's a first for that answer. I like that. All right. In that 20-lap race, what crew chief are you taking from any era, dead or alive, are you taking on the box for you? Who's calling the shots for you? From I'm I'm gonna call my own shots because that's what I uh that's what I do now and that that that's usually my best success. Okay, I like it. Um, all right. What is a realistic dream racetrack that you would like to run the modifieds at? So a racetrack that you haven't ran or modified at, but that is a realistic opportunity that you know you'd like to see a big event happen at or a series go to. I'm gonna say. Cause I do think it's, it's a stretch, but I'm going to say it's still realistic Cause I always thought it would have been cool to go to Nashville. Fairgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville really? The Fairgrounds, modifieds uh, don't go there. Uh, they may have maybe once or something, but, but I've never been, or nobody's been recently. And, uh, Nashville is a cool city. I was there once and, uh, I think they got a third, trophy i think is usually a guitar that would be something unique uh it'd be a cool trophy definitely that's a fun combination on i racing um all right number six if you could have any sponsor be on your race car and get unlimited supply of that company's product or service in return what company are you choosing to sponsor you well you could you could get some get in some trouble with some of these answers probably <laughs> um wow well I would say uh, if you've got a crew like I do that likes to drink beer, I would say if you had a beer sponsor, uh, they would definitely, uh, I'd probably have a bigger crew and they, they'd be, uh, they'd be, uh, they'd be really in favor of that. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, number seven. Uh, what is a dream broadcast crew to have call one of your modified races? uh give me three guys i mean i'm thinking uh you'd have to have dr jerry punch on pit road and uh you have benny parsons up in the booth uh some of those guys from that that era there they were a good team i think they were on espn a lot um you know that was uh i'm trying to think of who else worked with them but that was they were good okay um, number eight, um, what competitor in the modifieds that you race against, would you want backing you in a bar fight? So you want somebody that's tough. That's for sure. Uh, somebody that's strong and tough, uh, comes to mind. I don't know. I'm trying to think who would uh, who would you go to. There are definitely some tough, definitely some tough guys from back in the day. I'm trying to think of a current uh, current uh, driver uh, that would be good to have on your side. I don't know. I might have to pass on this one for now. Okay. Well, hopefully we can get you back and get an answer on that one. Um, all right, number nine here. If you could build your own personal racetrack tomorrow, what would the layout be? What's Hirschman Motorsports Park going to look like? I'm going to say third to three-eighths mile, no bigger than three-eighths, progressive banking. Um, Again, not too, not too big that it's all about motor, not too, not too small that you got room to race, room to pass. So um, I'm going to say, like I said, my favorites probably – 
are between that third to three eighths uh, size. Okay. All right. And the last one here, number 10, and you can take this any direction you want. Um, who is your greatest of all time in, in motorsports? In all of motorsports? Yeah. Who? Just a number one, you're saying? Yeah. Who do you think is the, yeah, yeah. Who do you think is the best in all of motorsports? You guys said you can take it any direction you want. There's no wrong answers here. Um, so yeah, just who, who do you, who do you look up to essentially and idolize in, in the racing world? Well, it's kind of hard to, to not go with my dad on that just because I don't think I would be even, uh, I don't think I would be where I'm at or, or even doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for him. And, uh, I do think he was definitely one of the all time best modified drivers. Um, but like I said, I'm going to. Uh, I think that's the easy answer for me on that one, just because uh, no nobody's had a, a bigger, bigger influence uh, on my career than him. All right. I love it. It's great. Great answers on those. Appreciate it. Good luck with this weekend, man. I really appreciate you stopping by here and, and chatting with me. Uh, I said, sorry, we couldn't get Travis on here, but we'll, we'll have to get you back on next year um, and, and talk shop again, man. It's, it's been been fun. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah, man. So if you want to plug any sponsors or, or anybody on the race team, just, yeah, go ahead. Do your thing. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, obviously it's, it's a team effort. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be possible without, uh, without our, uh, crew, uh, from both local and afar. It's, it's a lot of work to get these cars to the racetrack. And then when you get there, you need, you need the right team to, to be able to, uh, um, you know, make it happen at the track and, and try and get wins. And, uh, uh, we've done a pretty good job of that for sure, man. All right. Well, yeah, I said, good luck this weekend. We'll be cheering for you and, uh, go knock them down, go get them. All right. Thank you. Yep. We'll talk to you later. See you.